Last month, The New Yorker released an insightful article titled Rose Final Hours, depicting the reactions of workers at Texas's very own Houston Women's Clinic as the overturning of Roe v. Wade was announced. Today, Unrepresented is lucky enough to get to speak with the director of nursing at Houston Women's Clinic, Priscilla Hernandez, on what that day was like and how the overturning of Roe v. Wade will affect people from a medical perspective. Hi, Priscilla. Hi. So, how are you doing today? Today, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened since, you know, obviously what happened with the ruling. And I'm right now, I'm just taking some time off since the clinic closed about, we closed it two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, so how long had you been the director of nursing there prior to that? And could you tell us a bit about what Houston Women's Clinic is and what they did and do there? I was the director of nursing for five years. And before that, I was with them as just a registered nurse for seven years total. And of course, uh, women's Houston Women's Clinic was actually one of the busiest abortion clinics in Texas. So we just tried to take care of as many, as many women as we could with that very tough decision they have to make for themselves. And there, pretty much what I did was just manage the clinic and the workflow of the nurses and just trying to provide the best experience possible for our patients and take a, take a stigma out of abortion care. Thank you. That's really admirable and really necessary. So as I mentioned, the New Yorker article has an image of you and Nina, a coworker of yours, in tears over the Supreme Court's ruling. Could you tell us what that day was like and what was going through your head in that moment? I know you had like clients literally there in the room. Well, the whole month of that actually has been very, that whole month was very, um, nerve-wracking for us um, because we knew that the court was doing rulings the whole month for different cases. So we knew when they were going to have cases, we just didn't know when that actual case was going to be heard. So every time we knew there was cases, those mornings were very, really nervous and anxious just to see what was going to be announced. So that day was towards the end of the month. The New Yorker was there. They actually had a source that stated that most likely something related to that case was going to be heard that day. So they wanted to be at the, one of the busiest clinics just to see how it was and that kind of thing. So that was like any other morning. Nina always propped her phone up um, in the morning just to kind of have a visual of what's going on as we're obviously taking care of patients in the morning. And I would always kind of be right there behind her, you know, just kind of reading up on what's coming up. And obviously then we see Dobb versus Jackson women's health organization. So I was like, okay, we know that's what we're looking for. And then seeing that, you know, overruled and then everything else news and everybody else is saying, you know, it's been overturned. Roe has been overturned. And then, you know, just kind of going into like shock for a few seconds. I, I couldn't like process it and believe it. I just kept on rethinking it. Like, am I reading that correctly? Does that say what it, what I think it says? And in my head, I'm thinking, how can that be? How can this be? And then after that, it's just like, oh my God, we have patients here. We have to start informing them of what, what's happened. So that was kind of um, adrenaline rush of like, okay, we have to focus on the patients that we have here at hand. Um, so yeah, that was a lot, a lot. Yeah. I remember reading that piece is actually what got me in contact with you guys was just reading that. Um, I'm from Houston and I grew up in private schools and abortion was very heavily stigmatized in my like educational background, I guess. And so for me, the overturning of Roe v. Wade was very hard. I, as I've shared with you, I have a health condition. And so 
personally, my reproductive health has already been affected. Essentially, for context, I have a heart condition. And while I cannot give birth safely, like it's a high risk situation, I can still get pregnant. So that's very scary. So the overturning of Roe v. Wade is kind of not great for me. But I was wondering from a medical perspective, how will the overturning affect people who are pregnant and seeking abortion care? As you said, they closed, right? Your clinic fully closed. Yeah, our clinic's closed. A lot of them have closed and they're moving to other states from what I've heard. Well, it's gonna, people are are going to find ways when they're desperate, unfortunately. You know, and there's reasons because, you know, someone have no resources or the money, there's different things. There's going to be an increase in cases of like infection and hemorrhaging incidents that are gonna, from attempts in the hospitals, you're gonna see that. Dr. Rosenfeld, the doctor, the owner of the clinic, he says he remembers when before the whole lodging, before it was legal, he remembers that their ER had specific wings just for women that they had attempted unsafe abortions and they were there because of complications. So, I mean, it's just, you know, just it's a sad, sad, sad outcome that's going to come from it. And it's just, it all has to do with resources. Some of women do and some women don't don't have those resources, you know? Yeah. Something I've seen heavily talked about is that this isn't going to end abortions for wealthy women that can go to another state and afford everything to have that taken care of, but it is going to heavily harm women that come from lower income homes that can't afford that care that literally have now because of this no access in the states that they're in. My mom is an epidemiologist and something she always told me as a kid was like, you know, I'm religious and I'm not like, I can't tell you what I would do, but when they legalized abortion, women stopped dying. And that's what broke my heart the most was when it was overturned was knowing like, people are going to die from this. This isn't saving anyone in the way that people think it is. So yeah, something I was really curious about, there's been a lot of discourse surrounding if women with ectopic pregnancies or life-threatening risks will be allowed abortions, as that's like usually the proper care. So could you tell us in Texas or in Houston how that would work? Well, those, that's still, in regards to miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies, those things are still available. Like that's still legal because it's really, it's called dilation evacuation. It's just the cleaning out of the uterus. For those things, that's still available. But because um, technically it's the same procedure, that's where it's kind of a gray area where people are scared. You know, healthcare professionals are scared. Like, well, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, within law without, you know, you know, it's just, it's been a lot of, a lot of hiccups, a lot of gray areas, a lot of, a lot of waiting, a lot of discussions with, uh, uh, lawyers when these th- these things have come up in the ER because of that. Yeah, that's pretty concerning. <laughs> Along those same lines, as we know, women of color, as like we've talked about, are um, at a disadvantage and more likely to die when it comes to just giving birth. Since we are a Latina nonprofit, how is this ruling going to affect women of color, specifically Hispanic women? Well, I believe that there is going to be an increase in births. Because some people are just not going to, don't have the time, don't have the money to go out of state. So they're just going to have, they're just going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to have to just, just keep this pregnancy. And so there's going to be a lot more births. But for the women who have maybe a little, a little bit of resources, you know, it's going to be, take a lot of extra legwork to, to make it work. One, taking the time off of work. Sometimes that's not easy for some women to take one day, even one day off. 
Second, some women have children. They need to have someone take care of them in order for them to be able to do this, you know? And then, of course, it goes to cost. Travel. Some women don't have transportation. They are are only um, able to do what they need to do by public transportation. So out of state, that's going to be a little more difficult. Um, so, yeah, it's all of it. It all adds up. It all it just makes it so much worse. Just the the additional of even just like having to travel somewhere else is already going to like leave a lot of women unable to even do that. Yeah. You don't know how many times at the clinic there was a lot of women who even coming for an hour or two was difficult to get the time off or even to be able to, how can I say, hide it without people knowing what they were doing. You know, that was difficult, just trying to get one hour, two hours out of their day, you know. So as as someone that was there in those moments, were you kind of acting as like moral support along with your actual medical professional self? Oh, yeah, um, I had to, because if I if I sank into it and really thought about it, I was in a breakdown. And I did. Later on that day, I did. After we took care of the patients that day and, you know, Tom, that we were, were not able to provide them services, they had to find other other res- other states, other somewhere else. Then we had to call patients and tell them, hey, you're tomorrow's appointment. We can't, we can't see you. All of that was hard because they were like, well, what am I supposed to do now? You know? And we had some women that were really desperate though. Like I had, we heard some really horrible stuff, you know, on the phone. I was like, I'm so sorry, you know, but you have options. It's just, you're going to, you're going to have to take a few extra steps to get there. If this is what you really want to do. And so finally, like later on during the day, I finally had a break. I went to my car to move my car. And in that car, that's when it all sank in. It just, I just broke down all the emotions I was feeling. They came out. I had like five, 10 minute little cry session for myself. And then it was back to work, you know, or stuff that had to be done. Yeah, that day was awful. It was so just like, and then walking through and like, I know I saw so many women talking about how the men in their lives, it was sad, but it's never the same. They can never really understand that like genuine fear. And it's just, ugh, it's so hard. Um, could you walk us through prior to the ruling how someone would have been able to like easily access abortion versus what it looks like now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned? So before you could call, you would make an appointment for your consultation. In Texas, it has to be two visits because there has to be 24 hours in between. So in your first visit, you would come in, we would do ultrasound first, making sure because of SBA, we had to make sure how far along they were. As long as there was no fetal cardiac activity, then we could proceed. If there was fetal cardiac activity, then we would refer. You know, there's options out of state. Um, And then after that, if they did not have fetal heart tones, then we would also do laboratory. They would have counseling um, to see what options were available to them, if they had any questions. And then they would meet with the doctor and see if they had any questions with the doctor and figure out what was the best option for them. And if they decided to, they would schedule for their second visit. And if they didn't, they'd have more time to think about it. And that's how usually it went. Second visit where they would come in, if they scheduled it, they would also do another ultrasound just to confirm that there's no fetal heart activity. And if they didn't, then we could proceed. And they either had an option of either doing the pill or the surgical. And was it usually like a very quick, because some doctors, it's like, obviously months, but I assume with pregnancy, it could not be months. So was it a very quick turnaround from just seeing them once and then? Oh, yeah. Most women, um, I think the majority of women, once they made that first appointment, it's because they know this is what their decision is. So they would usually, most women would come back to back. So the first appointment would be the consultation and they would schedule the next day for their termination. I would say maybe 5% 
10%, we're still kind of like, I'm not sure what my decision is, but I kind of want to come in to see what my options are. But the majority already had it kind of in their head what they wanted to do. And now with the overturning, what does this look like? In Texas? Well, it's illegal now, so you can't go anywhere in Texas. A lot of the clinics are already closed. Like I stated earlier, a lot of the clinics are moving our opening clinics in other states where it is legal. There is a few clinics here in Texas and Houston that are still doing just ultrasounds for the purpose of women finding out how far along they are and then kind of seeing what their options are. That's the only thing that, you know, that's able to do here now in Texas, unfortunately. It's something like I didn't, like I knew, but I didn't want to like actually recognize that that's literally not an impossibility. I've done so much research and every website you go to for like abortion care, the minute you type in like a Texas zip code, they're like, we're sorry, this is no longer allowed. It's just like, it's like, it doesn't seem real still somehow to me. So what advice would you give to women or people here who are seeking abortion care? You have options. You travel, unfortunately travel. There's great resources out there. Trust me, there's plenty of foundations and uh, groups of women or groups of anybody who are there on our side to help us in this tough decision. If that's your decision, they're helping women um, get to where they need to get. If it's, you know, a hotel stay, if it's a plane ride, if it's a ride, car ride, all that stuff. There's a couple of uh, foundations like National Abortion Federation that actually helps, helps you locate where there is clinics available as well as the cost of the abortion. Yeah, a lot of patients had funding from them, and they were they were wonderful. They've helped so many women, so many women. Um, there's also um, I need an abort an a dot com, and there's abortionfinder.org, which are great resources on how to find. Those two are awesome. Yeah, and um, there are also like so many abortion funds that will help you uh, funding actual trips or stays if you oh, need. Yeah. Um, it's just. Mm-hmm. You just, so have to look. you just have to ask. Yes, that's it. You just ask. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it is not hopeless. It is not something you need to do in a room by yourself. There are places that will safely help you. But it is really crazy thinking that like for five years, like you had a job that was your everyday life. And now it's just like gone all of a sudden. Crazy, And it's honestly, it's uh, abortion care is what I'm passionate about. And right now I'm trying to make a decision for myself and what my next step is. Am I going to stay in abortion care? And if that's so, I have to go to another state. If not, then I have to see what else would I want to do as a nurse, as a nurse, of course I can do anything. It's just like, do I want to change or do I want to continue? As a heart patient, I've had many really incredible nurses. So thank you for what you do. Like truly it's life changing. Um, but yeah, that is crazy that then you have to uproot your entire career really home for that. Yeah. If, if that's what I want to do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to go somewhere else. So growing up in Houston and especially attending like certain private schools that I did, I have heard my fair share of misconceptions when it comes to abortion. So what would you as a healthcare professional say to someone who says abortion should be illegal and remain illegal now because it's morally wrong? Oh, I would say, you know, those are your beliefs and you have every right to believe that and to choose not to get an abortion. Again, that's your decision. But then it's same, the same thing. I have every right to choose to get an abortion if that's what I decide. It's my body, not yours. It's not the church and it's not your religion. You don't get to dictate 
how I live my life based on your religion. You know, it's my, my choice and no one else's. Yes, I agree a thousand percent. And it is so terrifying that it is based on religion, which should be fully separate from law, but. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So since you're so passionate about this, how did you fall into caring about abortion care? Like how did you first find this passion for this specific situation? Well, honestly, I was changing. I was, I was, I was a nurse. I was working in a hospital and I just did not like the where I was at was med, med, medical surgical. I just didn't, it wasn't clicking with me. So I was like, I need to find something else. You know, let's try something else. And I was just looking at, I think it was indeed.com. And I was just looking at things and I said, would you like to uh, work Monday through Friday? I forgot. It was just like really light, you know, lighthearted, but it must be pro-choice. And I was like, oh, okay. That means an abortion clinic. In my head, I thought, you know, and this is a thing. I've had an abortion when I was 18. Um, and I thought, okay, I know exactly. I've been on that side and now why, why can't I do it? You know, be on the other side and help them through this, you know, this heart, let's try check it out. And once I went into it, I was like, this is what I need, should have been doing since out of, out of high school. I wish I would have went right out of high school, straight to nursing school, straight to abortion care. Cause I don't know. It's just, I'm fulfilled every day. I really am every single day helping women with, I think is, I think is one of the toughest decisions that they have to make for themselves. And so just to be there and support them and whatever it is, if you're here for information, we can help you. If you're not sure, okay, then take the time to think about it. Only you can make that decision. I can only give you advice. That's it. You know? So that's how I fell into it. That sounds very fulfilling. That sounds great. Just making that change every day and also being like a safe place for people because especially like in Texas, it's kind of hard to find. <laughs> and now it's, I guess, non-existent. Are there, so are there any other misconceptions or things you'd like to clear up or you'd like the public to know that maybe they weren't aware of when it comes to abortion care? Um, I guess these are simple things. Um, obviously, abortion care is health care. You know, that's what I will, you know, that it is. It's just health care. Um, the fact that having an abortion is going to somehow prevent you from having future pregnancies. That is a lie. <laughs> That's one of the biggest concerns. Like one of the number one questions we always got when people came in, am I going to be able to have kids after this? Yes, it is very, very easy to get pregnant again after an abortion. Yeah, that's how quickly it is. I mean, it's just the fact. It's a simple procedure. We're not doing, there's nothing damaging to it. It's literally a small, small procedure that's happening. I think those are the, probably the two biggest things. Yeah, I didn't know it was that fast after. I can, that makes sense. <laughs> but, but yeah, is there... Anything else you'd like to say? I've really loved talking to you. You're so insightful. I mean, the whole thing about abortion being healthcare is something I believe so firmly as someone who literally has the potential to die if I have a child, but then in my state cannot legally have that care is very like, it's it's something growing up in private schools, they always had like different arguments for why abortion should be illegal. And they always thought, oh, but you, like, you should be allowed because it's a health thing. But that's literally not how the law works. I literally cannot have that care here. So it's just, it's just very frustrating. (laughs) It is very frustrating. I completely agree. What I like to say is, I think this is the time where not just women, but everybody needs to come together and make the appropriate changes in government in order to correct what has happened. 
because it's not if we don't, it's just going to continue down to other other things that are happening, obviously, that we everybody's been talking about. And I want to tell women that don't do not give up. Don't think just because it's not available here in Texas, that it's not a possibility. As a woman, you know, when you're ready, and you know, when you're not ready, if you're not ready, that's valid. And just take the extra steps. You know, there's, like I said, there's plenty of people out there to help. And it's, you just, you just have to just look for it. And nobody will tell you no, they will, everybody will help. Um, if that's what you need, you know, it's like, I, you know, reach out to anybody. There's so many women out there, so many men, women and men, anybody that, you know, if it's something that you need to do, don't, don't hesitate. Ask for the help. Yeah. And I would also like to say, go through, I guess, reliable sources. Cause I know at this time there will also be people trying to take advantage of the women that can't get access here. So maybe just go through like the websites we mentioned, the places that have success stories instead of like someone's garage, exactly. someone's house, a medicine you don't know. Be very aware and be very, very cautious, please. But yeah, we will include links in the description for all the links that we said. But yes, it's yes, it's very important. Yeah, very important. <laughs> I want to thank the amazing and passionate Priscilla Hernandez for being on the show. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, I knew I wanted to have this conversation with someone, and Priscilla couldn't have been a better candidate. Her candid nature and willingness to share really made this conversation something special. Prior to the conversation, I thought I knew quite a bit about how the overturning was going to impact the world, but something about the clinic closing down really put things in perspective. I mean, the director of nursing at the biggest abortion clinic in Texas now has to move if she wants to continue working in such care, and that's terrifying. Reproductive health is being drastically affected and it's not going away. Something needs to be done, and it starts with all of us, spreading the word and educating ourselves as much as possible. I know this episode got a little heavy at times, but hopefully you enjoyed your time here at Unrepresented. See you next time.